Welcome to episode four of the Growing Up Gaming podcast. Uh, I am your host and your moderator, Mike, and I am here for the first time in the new year. Welcome, happy 2020 to uh, the head honcho himself, Mr. Brandon. 2021, motherfucker. Oh yeah, it's 2021. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. yeah 2020 has been long Oof. enough that it, it won't even leave. It can't even leave the psyche at this point. Yeah, it's brain. It's really burned in there. Jesus, what a year. <laughs> but you know what? The downside, though, yes, this year was complete and other trash. It was, it was shit. It was brutal. But one of the greatest gaming years that we've had in a long time. I, I do agree with you. In a long time, like t- 2020, um, the games that came out over the year were absolutely crazy even just from like tony hawk like things that we never thought we would have gotten brandon yeah final fantasy 7 tony hawk oh then like surprise ones like hades which ended up actually i saw one the most game of the year awards across all the ethers you know it actually beat last of us as the total winner of the year which is insane which is like crazy we got a new half-life half-life alex yeah. uh, vr ori we got or new ori got demon souls flight simulator um just a great animal crossing so just a great year just a great year all around for games and yeah flight center has actually been getting so much more love than i would have expected so i actually looked a little bit more into it and i didn't realize that they actually have the entire globe simulated it's not yeah. like flight simulator yeah. over new york it's like you could literally find your house on that map. Apparently, it's insane. Yeah. So they use uh, Bing. They use like Bing Maps. Um, mm. own, Bing's owned by Microsoft, the crappy search engine that's not Google. Yeah. Fair um, so they use they use their maps to generate like real world and real time um, map data, which is like super crazy. So yeah, you can literally go anywhere in the world yeah. um, in real time. So if you wanted to, like, you could fly a flight from Los Angeles to Sydney. And if you wanted to, you could do it in the full span of time that it would take you to fly. And then obviously you kind of change around if you want to make it go faster <laughs> and all that type of stuff. But it's pretty cool. Yeah. The real time thing's a little much. I feel like if you have enough time to do fake flights traveling around the world, then maybe you should try and look on an online job. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, it's 2020. Anything is possible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but either, <laughs> either way, getting back yeah, to yeah. it. Um so we are growing up gaming um we are a weekly podcast that we talk about all thing gaming as well as movies and music and just sprinkle in uh all the good stuff there so on today's episode we are finally going to be talking about cyberpunk oh yeah (laughs) and on top of that uh we are going to be doing a nostalgia versus reality and we're going to be visiting our good friend mr et himself um, it's been a long while since either both Brandon and I watched ET, so we've we've we decided that that should be a good a good nostalgia versus reality for us to kick off the new year. <laughs> so with that, Brandon, let's get down to business. Straight up business. Let's do it. Where should we start, Mikey? <laughs> All right, buddy. So you know what I want to start with, Brandon? What? What do you want to start with? I want to just. No, just honestly, how was your Christmas? How was your How was your New Year's? How was your holidays? Did you have some time off? Was Santa good to you? Give me Give me the download. Give me the spiel. Oh, that's nice, buddy. Uh, you know what? This, despite everything, these holidays were still pretty good. Uh, I was stuck working Christmas morning, which kind of sucks, but that's okay. My boss let me sleep in, and I got to go home a little early, so got to see uh, see my little guy on Christmas and. 
uh, a couple family members in our in our close net bubble that we're allowed to have. And of course, uh, of course. Yeah, and <clears throat> apart from that, I got a little bit of time off, which was nice. But most importantly, Santa was very kind. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yes. What, what did old What did old Saint Nick bring for you, my friend? So, uh, a lot of PS Five stuff. So on the first off was a second PS5 controller, which I was super excited about um, because they were really hard to find. Like they're sold out apparently in a bunch of different places. And uh, so I was really glad just to lock one of those down. And uh, probably the game I've been most excited to play all year, Demon's Souls PS5 Remake. Finally got that. Ooh, let's go. Oh, and a little Spooderman's uh, Mile Morales. Ooh. Yeah. So it's... It, that those alone were were awesome, um, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play some of those. Which Demon Souls I have started. We may not have enough time to get to it today, to talk about it because I'm almost through it at this point. Uh, <laughs> and then Spider Spider Man, I haven't even gotten a chance to try. But Mikey, I think you'll have something to say about that in a little bit. So why don't we oh, uh, yeah. segue this off to how was good old Saint Nicholas to you, Michael? You know. Santa was good. Santa was good to me this year. I mean, similar to you, uh, a lot of PlayStation 5 stuff. I think that was a pretty easy thing to bring on my list. Um, so I was lucky enough. I got the new, the Sony Pulse headset, which is the, the PlayStation kind of uh, headphones there, which is great. I live in, in a condo and I have a roommate and all that type of stuff. So um, not always being able to just crank the volume as loud as I want. So this is I'll be able to kind of still be able to play whatever and not and not distract anyone else. Yeah, so I got that. I also screen. grabbed a second controller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a second controller. That charging dock thing. Um, and then on game side, I got Spider Man as well, Miles Woo-hoo! Morales, and I got um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So I know oh, you had spoken about that one a little bit in uh, a prior episode. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to sink my teeth into that. Um, and we might not be able to talk about it today, but for Spider-Man, um, can't wait to talk about it. I ended up <laughs> platinuming it. Um, I platinumed it in like four days, so I got through it pretty. I got through it pretty quickly. But what Jeez. a four days it was! So that's a um, lot of Mountain Dew so, Code Red to keep you going during. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of Red Bull. No I'm joking. Um, so yeah, either way, we'll get to that. Um, I know what you said, or you said earlier that we might not get to it today. But I am very excited. I believe in the next episode we are going to talk Demon Souls. We are going to talk Spider Man, um, and we'll kind of and hopefully I'll be able to get to Assassin's Creed by then. So we will kind of just be able to catch up on just what we've been playing and and give our input on on some of these kind of blockbuster marquee games. So that would be really good. And yeah, all in all, Christmas is great. New Year's is great. Um, it was my first day back to work today, so it was always a always a fun and exciting adventure. But besides that, I'm happy to have a schedule back into my life <laughs> and not just wait and not just waking up at one in the afternoon and, and playing video games. So it should be uh, it'll oh, be good. It's good. What a what a nice little taste, though, of going back to being a teenager where it's like summer break or like Christmas break. And you don't have to worry about school. You just stay up till four in the morning, sleep till noon, come downstairs. And be like, <laughs> it was, oh, it's, it's kind of nice. The fact that we used to get like two months off as a kid is outrageous. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's nice. So that's the one good thing too about about COVID, I guess, in some areas where it's not as bad as others. 
where just getting forced to maybe spend time with your family for a couple of weeks at a time is, isn't the end of the world as long as you, you know, yeah you like absolutely <laughs> and and again you don't feel you don't feel as like bad about playing games for a good chunk of the day when you're not really allowed to go out and you shouldn't be doing other things so it's kind of like all right I got to catch up on some games just because uh, now's my time to do it. Because once work and everything starts, then that goes out the window a lot faster. 100%, man. And, like, I was looking at it, uh, well, actually just today, because uh, there was a couple of sales that were going on recently on the PSN store and stuff like that. So when I was looking at my backlog of buildup, it's insane. Like, there was Cyberpunk, which... I put 45 hours into it, and I'm still going to go back and play more once it becomes stable again. Then I've still got Marvel's Avengers to go play. I managed to get through Bug Snacks. Valhalla I still have to finish. Then uh, Maneater and Greedfall are coming out. Uh, I think tomorrow, actually, is PSN's free game of the month. Oh, yeah. Uh, Demon Souls, I'm still playing. And, like, the amount of games I've got built up is obscene. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's awesome oh, yeah. there's there's never any shortage never any shortage in the backlog <laughs> oh no it's and that's not even going into game pass indie games that i have a list of like 30 to play which they just added uh, a bunch of new ones apparently as well that i, I really want to go play so too much time man too many too many games not enough time i know i know i'm with you even you gotta take COVID another time. two weeks off <laughs> <laughs> definitely man <laughs> All right, well, Brandon, let's. Uh, you you did mention it yourself there, and I know that we have been patiently, patiently waiting to be able to talk <laughs> about this. So, Brandon, let's get to it. Um, Cyberpunk. It has been out. It has been met with some pretty interesting um, reviews and in kind of just <laughs> the whole situation around Cyberpunk. So, to recap for those who maybe aren't following it as closely as we are, um, Cyberpunk is or was, I guess, one of the most anticipated games of the year. It's been Decade. in development. F- yeah, Decade. it's been in development for like 10 years, probably closer to around like six or seven in terms of like actual like working, working on the title. Um, but what ended up happening was as this game came out, um, it didn't end up performing very well on the last gen console. So on PS4 and Xbox, uh, Xbox One, it couldn't handle it and you know what like that's definitely yeah totally totally unplayable um i do think that this that is like a huge a huge goof on the on the executive level of it um there's been so much hate online and there's been people messaging developers and doing all that and, and sending just really nasty emails and death threats and all that type of stuff but like people need to calm down like a it's just a video game b like this is something that can be patched so like in a month's time or in two months time like it's not gonna be crappy and like it's going to be okay um and see yeah like the person who spent the last six years of his or her life like shading in cities isn't the one who's responsible for that decision but with that being said um sony ended up pretty much removing it from the playstation store so now you can't buy a digital copy until they have things fixed up um on top of that um they also issued any refunds for anyone who wanted it and yeah it's just in the long run i don't think people are going to remember this i don't think it's going to end up hurting them too much um it is crappy but when playing the game on a next gen console or mostly pc pc apparently has had like the most success out of all of them but 
obviously the PC is the most like beefy of all the rigs um and it, the game was likely made for pc and then ported down to the consoles so it does kind of all make sense but with that being said brandon take me through it buddy how was your experience <laughs> with cyberpunk oh so uh i have to say i i bought it on ps4 because that's the only version like you can't buy a ps5 version of the game so i'm playing ps4 version on ps5 which it has been optimized for, uh, which is good. So try not to get hung up on all the bad things. Let me just say that this game actually was incredible as a whole. Uh, the gameplay was amazing. The story was amazing. Graphically, su kind of surprising because uh, like Last of Us 2 gives it a run for its money for graphics. Ghost of Tsushima gives it a run for its money on graphics. So there are better looking games that came out on PS4 but because it's upscale for PS5, it looks that much better. Uh, so the fact that it's not like it was some crazy powerhouse that was just bogging down the PlayStation 5 and the series or Xbox series. <clears throat> it's just, it was just a program thing. Like it just wasn't ready. So I'm gonna try not to go into any of that and just focus on the fact that throughout my play of this game, I actually logged every crash that I had when I played it over the 45 mm. hours. <clears throat> and I finished the game with a whopping total of 23 crashes. So that's crazy. Most that's of, wild. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> so typically within an hour, an hour and a half, I would have a crash where it would literally just kill the game, go back to the home screen and restart it. And I'd pick up right where I left off. So really annoying, but it wasn't happening in missions. It was only happening while I was traversing the open world. So typically I'd be driving. I never really had it happen in combat. <clears throat> it wasn't actually till they came up with the most recent patch before I, I stopped, which was uh, 1.05, which was supposed to be the biggest one that was supposed to mainline things. And that is the first time I got a system killer crash where my whole system log like seized and I had to unplug the power cord to get it to restart. So that's yeah, actually that's when no I got. Boy, that's no boy, no. Yeah, that that was too much puckering of my butthole with that with that new uh, <laughs> that new console. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's yeah. when you just put the controller down for a day or two. Yeah, and just let 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 them patch it again. So that that's what it was. I'm like, I was literally at the last mission. So when you go to the last mission, it there's a hard screen pause that says if you continue, you will finish the game basically, and you will not be able to come back until you finish it which was nice. So I was literally just circling the drain, doing all the side missions. When I got that crash, I'm like, fuck this. No, I'm going to the main mission and I'm finishing this game and I will come back after. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was something that like, so all crashes aside, going right from the beginning, turning it on, getting into the cus the character customization. The rumors were true. You can customize your equipments. Uh, you can literally do anything you want. Like you could have boobs and a dick. You could have no dick. Like it's just like it's they're different sizes, shapes. Like it's it's kind of cool that yeah. they put that in there. And I know it was that getting, hilarious. Yeah, you can choose the size. Yeah, which the size you can choose the nipple size. Like things like that is pretty funny. Oh yeah, which oddly enough, uh, as I found out, because a bunch of people online were talking about how it it was kind of pointless because it didn't mean anything in the game. But as I found out later in the game through playing it, actually your, the voice that you choose and the, uh, the junk that you pick for your character, male, female, or mix hybrid of both, 
will actually dictate what relationship uh, quest lines you can pursue. So there are some mm -hmm. romance uh, aspects in the game. It's not like a Bioware game where you can literally just bang anybody you want because uh, everyone forms to you. This is like, you know what? This one person only wants like male genitalia, male voice. This person only wants female genitalia, female voice. This person wants female voice with male genitalia. This person wants, and it yeah. actually like it. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty wild because you don't know that it's gonna be a thing. Uh, which I also thought was cool because if say you're trying to relate to it in your own personal life and you're trying to customize someone to what you see yourself as, then there is actually somebody out there in the game for you specifically that's just like, yeah, I want a really feminine voice with with like a dong, and that's my jam. And that person's out there for you in Cyberpunk. Uh, so stuff like that I thought was pretty wild. Uh, also, not to mention, some of the romance story arcs, they tie in so heavily to the end game. Uh, yeah. In some cases, the ending that you get is dictated, because there's five different endings that you can get in Cyberpunk. Okay. So some I definitely of, thought there would be more than that, surprisingly. But So they're... Um, uh, they're they're not like a Mass Effect style three ending difference where the fucking light changes colors in each one. These are like hard differences. Like, um, I'm going to go back and actually replay a bunch of them because I managed to unlock the secret ending, which I didn't choose, which I want to go back and play because you literally, Ooh. once you get New Game Plus, you start at the last mission and you have free range of the world. So you can literally go back oh, and cool. play the last missions and choose a different ending uh, to see how they all play out. Or at least the ones that you managed to unlock through your playthrough. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there's a couple, like, you can probably pick, like, endings, like, one and two. But if you want to get, like, three, four, five, you have to go back and, like, either start the game fresh in New Game Plus or... I'm sure it's tied under some different different um, things of, like, who lives, who dies, um, choices that you've made, who you've aligned with, all that type of stuff. Exactly. So... <clears throat> stuff like that right off the bat I'm like okay that's really cool uh and then in terms of fluidity like fluidity or whatever the word for that would be uh, fluidity yeah th let's go with that that sounds <laughs> that sounds nice you know you can name your daughter that uh it's just th the missions so me and mike we talked about this a little bit because we were playing pretty side by side at the beginning there's a mission right near the beginning so if anybody yeah. wants to be like straight up virgin going into this game there's going to be like sprinklings of of spoilers just for what the missions are it's not going to mean anything it's not going to yeah. ruin the game for you it's nothing but just not too much yeah we're not going to go super deep exactly. into it either so i know there's a, i know there's a lot of people there's a lot more people out there who haven't played it than have um, um so it's definitely we want to be we want to be cautious for sure exactly so if you want to like skip like two minutes or something if you want to be one of those people but we're going to be extremely light on spoilers we don't, we don't want to be dickheads so I'll put in the show notes just in gotcha. case. So basically, you get a select. You you have to go into one of the many gangs' hideouts that are in Cyberpunk, and you see that very quickly. The there is like I think seven different gangs that make up the the city of Night City, and this one in particular is called the Maelstrom, which are the most badass guys in the game, in my opinion, because they literally have a requirement to rip like remove their face and replace it with these demonized robotic parts to make them just look evil, and it's so cool. Uh, but you yeah, have to go pretty, and invade them. They're pretty nasty. Yeah, you have to go in there and like make a deal with them for something that I'm not gonna tell. Uh, 
And before you go in there, you have you get this phone call basically from from a cop, and she's like, "Hey, come talk to me before you go there if you want." So right off the bat, like, okay, you can not talk to her and just go in and see what happens, or you can talk to her and see what happens. And basically, if you talk to her, she offers you a deal where she offers, say, to fund what you're trying to do. And you can actually tell her no. You can take the money from her and not take, not use it. Also, as I found out, which I did, you can actually scan the chip that she gives you and actually detect that there's a virus on it. And then you can remove oh, that cool. virus because then when you bring it in to the, uh, to the gang meeting, and if they decide, uh, depending on how you choose, if you decide to pay and then they scan it and they find the virus, they want to kill you. But because I scanned it and basically said like, yeah, this is a cop's money, but I destroyed the trace. So it's all clear. Next thing you know, they love you. They're friends with you. And then they actually like the feds storm your base and you get into a gang fight fighting with these guys who actually become your friends in later missions. And you actually get some help from them in different ways in the future because they trust you now and you can actually oh, that's get cool yeah you can even get like a special weapon uh i think it's called oh it's the guy uh his name's dum dum he's hilarious and i think it's called doom doom is his pistol so you have to keep him alive to get that pistol in the future so basically then from there you go through this massive war you come out on the other side the cops are outside waiting for you and actually the girl the cop that makes you this deal I find out she's dead because the guy that shows up is like, yeah, she was corrupt. So they actually kill her and she's actually a possible romance option in the game and has her own missions. And she's just gone because of different things oh, that I cool. chose in the storyline. So that's a whole different arc of the game. That's now that's gone because I didn't do it. And now I have a whole side of the thing with the maelstrom gang that wasn't available if you did the other thing. So like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's there's a lot of things that can change drastically in that game to make each mission feel a little different and a little unique to how you decide to play, which it's really hard to do that in a game. Like we've seen how for sure and, how and make tried it to do and it. like how, yeah and to do it and like do it well mm -hmm. right and I think I think obviously like with them doing The Witcher The Witcher Three, yeah. which is a game that really really heavily relied on side quests to like side quests that had impact, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and decisions that you did that have impact, and obviously they learned a ton of lessons in, in in that. But yeah, that's really cool because I know so for me when I did that same mission, um, I refused the money, actually. So I refused the money from her. I didn't end up taking it. Brandon, you took the money, right? Oh yeah, yeah cheap ass <laughs> i figured worst case i'd have it and i'm not gonna use it or like i'm not I gonna know. narc I'm just i was gonna, gonna get... i should have done it i should have done it i goofed if anyone who's playing if you haven't played it yet um take the money yeah don't 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 do what i did yeah. um <laughs> so i re i refused the money and then when i got there so a when you're having the conversation with the with the gang um you don't end up getting the same kind of ability to respond so i know like my responses were different from brandon's and from there mine ended up in a huge gunfight against them um which is like me against the gang and it was a big gunfight to get out of their kind of like gang stronghold and when i got out that same person who brandon was talking about she was waiting for me with her um like police like fbi goons um who were then going to go in and take over so i haven't gotten far enough to kind of see what the repercussion of all of that is going to be 
but I'm pretty I'm pretty curious now to see like okay how deep or like how many missions kind of fall under her and um yeah where it all goes can I get back that trust that I lost with the Maelstrom gang and all that so it'll be it'll be pretty cool oh definitely and there's a lot of cases like that over the course of the game that how you interact with somebody can really make things easier or harder for you which is pretty cool so just to kind of go over how we decided to play it and and just as like a not a spoiler but or just as a as an fyi so i didn't end up finishing cyberpunk um i actually didn't even get super super far in it um i was really enjoying my time with cyberpunk and i really am excited to go back into the game and kind of continue to play continue to explore the world um, similar to what Brandon was saying about the crashes, I didn't have nearly as many as them, but I also didn't play for nearly as long. I had seven crashes altogether and one console crash. So same thing. I think when the console crash happened, it for me was much more of a, okay, I'm just going to like let this sit and let this rest. So as much as I do want to play, um, I think I'm going to probably wait a month or two or just give it some time to continue cooking and then jump into it because i'd rather wait and play a product that just feels so much more finished um rather than one where i'm constantly kind of have that anxiety of like is this going to destroy my console because already the ps5 has its kind of issues and bugs and things like that so i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to push that as <laughs> i don't want to push that further than it needs to yeah like but, you're already um, you're already poking a bear with a stick you don't want to light the stick on fire yeah, pretty much. Um, but at the beginning of the game, so yeah, you can pick male or female and choose your junk and do all that stuff. And then you also have the ability to pick um, your backstory. So you can kind of choose who, where your character comes from. Um, so yeah, you can be a street kid, a nomad, or a corpo. A corpo is kind of like a big office person. Street kid is like, yeah, street kid. Um, and then a nomad is just a traveler, someone who doesn't really have a home. Um, so Brandon, I went Corpo. Mm -hmm. What did you go? I went Street Kid. Street Kid. Okay. And so did that play any, did that play any, um, any difference for you? Uh, so it's the first two or so hours of the game are completely different depending on what you choose. And then from there, it's also about, uh, interactions that you have. So for example, if you're talking to some gangs or in a, uh, a Ripper doc, which is like. The, a, doc, a back alley doctor that gives you your modifi modifications to your body you'll there'll be an option that shows up in the in the options of what you can choose for dialogue that'll say street kid or uh, no matter corpo depending and that'll open up different options poten potentially discounts or just give new fun little uh, conversation pieces so apart from that you still end up in the same place you still meet your boy Jackie and you two still hit it off, from what I understand. And then the game goes from there. But how you get to Jackie with those first two hours is what changes. Okay, cool. Now, I know as me as a corpo, I had special, like, corpo combo lines that I could select. And, and it just obviously gave a different answer from options like A, B, and C. And then there would be one with a special logo. Did you have, a like, a Street Kid logo? Or did you have specific options that came out of yours? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I was saying. Like, right beside the dialogue choices, you'd have Street Kid as the option. And much like you'd have, uh, if you get your intelligence up super high, like, to certain levels, new conversation points open up. If you have your strength up to a certain thing, different conversation choices open up. 
So depending on the stats that you mm -hmm. invest in, you can handle different situations and conversations differently. Now, when you were making your decisions, did you did you usually go with the street kid decisions? Every time. Anytime one of them came up. Yeah. Every time I'm like, even if I didn't even know what they're saying, I'm like, that sounds, that sounds right. Like, I know that was a critique for some people or some reviewers, where as a, a player, you're like, I don't know what any of that means, but the character you're playing does. So I just, it didn't bother <laughs> me. I just thought it was cool and it added some depth to the character. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did a good job of not holding your hand, like yes. in terms of they drop you in. They drop you into this world, and they don't do, they don't explain things. And I think they, they think that's good, right? Mm -hmm. Like they they drop you into the world, and you take over this character who clearly lives in this world, right? Like you're not going through, and there's not some guy explaining that, like, oh, this is how it happens, yeah. and like this is what goes on, blah blah blah. Um, but more so, it just allows you to figure that out for yourself as you go along. And obviously you can, they have like the optional um, logs and things like that, that you can read that will give you a lot more context in terms of the story. Um, but by no means, like, I don't know about you. I don't read any of those ones because oh. there's like hundreds of them. Well, that's the I tried, <laughs> just... I started off reading every single one of them and I probably did that for 15 or 20 hours, but there's oh my God, so many. Like eventually I got to the point where I'm like, I have 15 built up i'm like this is half a book like jesus i just want to go cut somebody in half with my with my katana in slow motion like i i'm done reading yeah. so eventually i kind of skipped yeah. over reading but it is cool that like say you're on a little side mission and you find a data pad the next thing you know it's like a conversation between the guy you're there to kill and his like his wife or his mistress or a business deal or something sometimes you get side quests out of it uh, or sometimes you just get some funny stories that helps you understand the person you're talking to more and sometimes it's pointless so uh, the ones about the gangs are really cool to read about so that you kind of get a more of a feel and those ones are kind of shoved down your throat at the beginning so it, it's easy mm -hmm. to read but uh, that yeah. is actually one of the one of the things I wrote down in my notes when I was playing this game is that for the first 10 hours of play or so I was actually very confused <laughs> uh, I found the learning curve yeah. was not the learning curve, but I did not know how I wanted to play uh, because yeah. I'd read very early yeah. on that for there's skill points and then there's perks like abilities. The skill points are non-refundable no matter what. Years uh, if so if you put say everything you have into strength and then now you have all the strength abilities. If you don't like if you hit the level cap, you'll never get another art story arcs or uh, another gotcha. yeah so it was it was kind of tough like you can refund perks but you can't refund uh, to, to explain a little better basically in the perk system in a category there'll be like 25 perks under strength there'll be 25 under intelligence 25 under uh, like uh, reflex or uh, and there's five different categories and mm -hmm. if you want to unlock the top, top tiers, you have to get them up to like level 20 or something, which if you put that level up to tw like strength up to 20, you can never reset that and then respec into something else. So for the first 10 hours yeah, or so, so, I didn't spend any points because I didn't know what yeah, I wanted to do. Yeah. I did. I did the exact same thing where it's just like I, you have that anxiety over like, I don't know what type I want to play. Yeah. Right. Do you want to hack things? Do you want to be brute force? What do you want to do? Right. Yeah which actually there the game does help you a little bit which i didn't realize at first and that's what helped me make my decision was that uh, 
just like the old Elder Scrolls games, what you do will increase a, a third category of experience. So say you love handguns and you get all this experience with handguns, your handgun skills will level up because under say reflex skill, there's assault rifles, pistols, and cold blood as three different skill trees under one of those five headings. So the next thing you know, you look and you see, hey, my my pistol skills are at level 10, where, um, excuse me, my assault rifle skills are, are zero. And like, okay, I don't use assault rifles, so let me actually funnel all my stuff into pistols. So the game will actually track how you play, and then you can actually look at it finitely and, and steer into that, that curve, or you can decide to just be like, no, I want to do this and respec and go all into, say, swords, which is a whole yeah. category. Uh, yeah, and I, I like how they did that, and like how, just exactly how you were saying, where it's kind of like, it rewards you for you playing how you want to play, right? Which I think is so much nicer than you having to spend the time to like, ooh, do I want to do pistols? Do I not? It's kind of just like, okay, you do you, and we'll like we'll meet you, not like you meet us type thing. Yeah. Um, which which is really nice. I I enjoyed that aspect of the level building or the skill building only because the rest of it can be very intimidating. Yeah. Between, like the between the different types of skill points between the skill trees between the um with the the ripper doctors where you can oh, yeah. change around your actual like body parts and stuff and like add modifications and stuff to your body where you can get like cool mantis blades and all that type oh. of stuff so or double jump which that's another thing yeah double jump the some of the mods in there they're so expensive and they're hard to they're hard to get and they're locked by something called street credit so like for the double jump you have to get a certain leg modification uh, and there's two different versions of the double jump. You can either get like a, a traditional arcade double jump, or you can get a charge jump where you do one huge super double like jump. But either way, like you Hulk. have yeah, you just have to like you literally do like a charge and just take off into the air. It's pretty cool. But the other one cool. like double jump yeah. is so much fun. But to <laughs> one of the things is with that street cred, uh, you can level up street cred super super fast to get those cool mods as long as you do. You take part in world events so like randomly while you're driving you'll get a badge that flashes on your screen and that'll show a crime in progress so you can literally just pull over get out and then you see a bunch of gangsters of one of the many gangs say beating somebody up or robbing them and you can go in there and just like murder them all and then the cops will give you a reward or you'll also see police that are holding a scene and you can attack them and go gta style and start building up badges of like one level, two level, three level, where different swarms of cops will just come and murder you. And uh, so you can actually just go GTA style and just go on a murder spree of civilians and cops until the na like the army comes in and takes you out. Like it's just, it was kind of cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Let's see. So what was, what was your play style, Brandon? What'd you end up going with? <clears throat> so, uh, Originally, I really, really wanted. I had a, like I had something in mind of how I wanted to play, but it quickly became uh, I was swords, uh, pistols, and hacking. So I actually ended up loving quick hacks and the technology side of things. So you could literally because everybody's modded up in in the game. So if you could hack people's bodies, 
and you can cause them to overheat, glitch out. You can freeze their robotics so they stop. You can do, like, make people weaker in a massive area. You can scout people through the security cameras. Like, it was really cool. So I ended up doing that. And the first half of the game, I was kind of like a cyber hacking ninja where I had, uh, uh, had like a bunch of skill points put into speed so that I could go really fast and just hack people to bits with the katana. And the katanas are really strong for damage. But when you're up close, it's also very dangerous because I also, because I'm an animal, I play on the hardest difficulty I can, I can on typical, typically every game I can. So getting up close to say one person in a sea of 10 people with a katana was hard because 10, like the other nine people are shooting you while you're cutting this person to bits, which you can actually dismember, which was really cool. Uh, so I started with that and then eventually I started going to more hacking and long range with pistols as I got super weapons like the like straight out of perfect dark being able to zoom in through on people through a wall and shoot through walls with this uh, sniper rifle called the Farsight which you actually get through one of the nomad uh, story arc missions so keep an eye out for the nomad story cool. arc missions if you want a super badass sniper rifle uh, yeah, Mikey, how did you start off? How did you think uh, you were going? So I, I wasn't sure at the beginning what I wanted to do. I was toying around with the hacking. And the hacking is really cool, but I just didn't want to be bothered with having to do that like minigame mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and it's also just like it was a pretty big learning curve to figure out like, okay, I can hack this thing and by picking this option it does this. And you know what I mean? Just kind of figuring out what Definitely. does what. Um, the gunplay was fun. I would, I want to hear from you about what you think about like the actual just like gunplay of it all, because um, that is a big part of it. But what I ended up coming down to was similar to you. Is I got that I got the mantis blades, so I got like <laughs> legendary. I got legendary mantis blades from this. I it's like a mission. I found it online, but I was like, okay, screw it, I'll get that and go. Um, but it was pretty much like you can run into this thing, grab mantis blades, and run out, and you don't have to fight the boss. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I ended up getting those. And when I got those, my like enjoyment of the game just went tenfold up. Like it was so fun. The same thing. I just kind of I threw a bunch on speed. Yeah. Um. So I threw a bunch on speed and a bunch on just like agility and being able to move around. Plus, like with your your pistols and all that. But yeah, for the most part, I was just running around and just hack and slashing <laughs> the crap out of people. Oh yeah. So with with the mantis blades are like think of like a praying mantis so your arm opens up and you have these two huge um these two huge blades that come out of it and you can do can you do it with the katana the the jumping leap uh so i th i think it might be a special move but no the mantis okay. blades yeah so that's with the unique uh like instant kill which is to the mantis yeah blades. and you can you can like lunge you can just like lunge at the opponent or at the at the guy and just like cut him up to bits and keep moving exactly so it's kind of one of those like you just keep moving you don't stop and you just like wreck havoc on everyone in front of you so that that's what i was playing as i will likely continue playing that and like go down that rabbit hole for a bit um just because i i was really enjoying it so i'll probably stick with that for now but yeah, Brandon, what'd you think of the guns? What'd you think of kind of like the feeling, how it felt um, to shoot and just kind of the, the overall? Because I know there's a lot of criticism from people saying that they didn't like the feeling of the shooting, like the aiming, all that type of stuff. Yeah, which I think is kind of crazy to me, at least. Uh, like, obviously, it's not going to be something like a COD where all you have is, is guns and you have 15 years of guns. 
so you have it mastered. But I thought it was better gunplay than a lot of other games I've played. So definitely nothing to scoff at. Uh, the guns themselves, once you start finding out the, the iconic weapons, so that's one thing that anyone that's going in there new, keep an eye out because the game does a really bad thing of, of in telling you about this, but you will find guns that are called iconic weapons and it'll say iconic on the, on the, uh, the thumbnail. And those guns can be upgraded, they have special abilities, and they are way much more, way more fun to use. But you can accidentally destroy them, and then you can never get them again. So you have to be very <laughs> careful what you're, what you're deconstructing or selling. Uh, how do you, how do you the destroy them? Themselves. Like just deconstructing oh. it? Yeah, you can deconstruct them for parts, and then that way you can actually craft yeah, okay. and build guns yourself, or upgrade them, yeah, or... Yeah, yeah, So, the guns okay, sorry, themselves, yeah, the I guns have a blast with. That's okay. Yeah, I, you have, I have a blast with them. And some guns obviously feel, like, wimpy and kind of shitty, but then you'll get other ones, like, there's no secret, Keanu Reeves is Johnny Silverhand. Uh, in one of the missions where you get to see something from his past where he's using his signature pistol, that gun feels so good. Like, it just feels like the original Halo pistol of just this monster with, like, crazy kickback and just, pow like, you're shooting nail drivers through people. And it's just incredible. And you can actually find it in the future, in the game, in real life, so you can use it on your character. If you, if you follow the secret ending quest line, which has to do with basically befriending Johnny Silverhand. Um, not giving any anything away about anything that has to do with his involvement in the story, but you're not going to want to like him, but if you do, it's Keanu, man. Just focus on Keanu and just be like, you get to bro out with Keanu Reeves and just forget the whole Silverhand stuff. And then you can actually <laughs> get his pistol. You can also get his, his car, which is the only car in the game that's actually licensed. It's a Porsche. Uh, everything else is made for the game and you can get oh that's cool yeah, I didn't know exactly that. yeah there's a hidden car that you you cannot get unless you uh, unless you befriend Johnny Silverhand which takes a lot of time and a lot of effort because he can be a dink um, <laughs> but it's just like it's the story itself this is the other thing too people that are saying that the story isn't good are literally just skipping ahead the story, you're dealing yeah. with a tabletop game that has 30, 40 years of, like, 30 years of outside of game storytelling and narrative, which I did some deep yeah, lore. Yeah, like pure lore. And I did some, some yeah. sum up just readings. Like, IGN did a couple good articles and a video that's like 10 minutes long to get you the basics of what you need to know and stuff like that. Once I got into it, I'm like, man, like, Johnny Silverhand is an infamous like infamous icon in that whole series so once you meet him you're like man i know some stuff about this guy like this is cool and now he's here like and it's just it adds so much to the storyline like you can really really yeah. lose yourself in it there's characters that are amazing and multi-layered and you can literally just ignore them and miss it all or you can dive into them and actually give a shit about the person and actually f like feel some connections and like get a real sense of who these people are where they come from what they do and like when you disappoint them and they let you know you that you did you feel bad and then other ones you're just like yeah yeah whatever screw you like you're an asshole i don't like you 
but the fact that you can say that, like, you don't like this person, so you don't care if you piss them off, you actually made a, a connection in a game with somebody, like, that's really good storytelling to me. Uh, and the layers. Like, when I finished it, uh, I was sad a little bit because the game scared me so much from actually going and doing all the side missions of all the crashes that I didn't get to finish some of the side mission storylines. Because after the game and the credits roll, you start getting phone calls in the credits, which is kind of cool, from different people in the game to like drop a line. And some of the people where you just kind of like did the first mission, but then never talked to them again, they're kind of like, where are you? Like, I really need you. Uh, like, I'm in trouble. And then you just feel kind of bad that you had to skip over. But yeah, I know that was quite the tangent from the gunplay, which is awesome. So is the sword play, but <laughs> it's just, man, the story of this game, the world, the, like, it's a, it's just a believable world. Even just yeah. the universe that it exists in of corporations, like the people, reason why people hate corporations, uh, which you find out in the very beginning, it's not spoiler, uh, is that money has taken over the world, surprise, surprise, and that these giant corporations uh, have more influence over countries than the country leaders. So if you're a corpo, like you're a corporate agent type of thing, you have more power than the government. Like you'll have corporate agents that'll just tell the cops to go fuck themselves because they outrank them because they own like the police just because the corporate agents don't play by the law. They play by their own rules. And like, it's just, they rule the world. I don't know, it's just so cool. And then you have the gangs that rise up to go against the corporate. And then the police are kind of stuck in the middle, which is kind of funny. Uh, and it's just, everyone else is just, like, they talk about it a bunch in the game where civilians, they're just used to death. Like, they could die going to get groceries, and it's nothing. Like, it just, death is such a common thing because of this, this, like, wasteland, like, wild, wild west that is Night City. And it's just, it's wild man like it's just oh, yeah it is it's, yeah night city it's like, a cool place it's a it's a it's an amazing place to just drive around and stuff too what yeah. a, like what a cool world that they built that you can kind of immerse yourself in like you were saying yeah and just like the one thing i was just thinking there that we talked about i think it was two episodes ago uh, where we started talking a little bit about how before cyberpunk came out that if they need more time they should they should delay it for mm -hmm. another two months, three months, whatever, because a game that yeah. comes out is judged on what is put forth to the reviewers. So this glitchy, yeah. buggy mess, and then the like, the crying nature of the internet that we live in now, uh, and the cancel culture and all that nonsense. This is an incredible game that on the PC versions that got nines, tens across the board. Uh, and people are focusing on the terrible, broken versions of the game that exist on PS4, which they kind of got duped into buying and they're mad about, which I totally get. Yeah. But I do because, agree with that. Yeah. yeah, and it's I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or whatever, but I'm saying like this is something that the devs were 100% saying like we can't release it. This is gonna ruin our good name. This is gonna like it's not done. And then this is the the corpo bastards from that we see in the game actually running the show so we see like real life corporation greed ruining something yeah. beautiful that they're actually making a game about corpo greed ruining things that are beautiful um, and isn't it isn't that beautiful Brandon, yeah. when life mimics when life mimics oh, art it's like the <laughs> deepest play ever for a court like 
yeah but either way it's just it's one of those things where they've openly said now they're working their their asses off even more the crunch is extended they're like the game's gonna be ready to play in february basically that's what they were saying and they should have just delayed it till february and then blown everybody away in 2021 for game of the year which they would have gotten if they had got it smooth because the game is incredible as a whole yeah and and i i agree i think like i was saying before i i do think this will be kind of a, a black spot on on the game itself but i think looking back on this game in one year two years three years whatever it ends up being the same way that we look back on games like elder scrolls or you look back on games like witcher 3 mm -hmm. which all infamously released like bug city yeah. right an absolute crazy amount of bugs but oh, then yeah. over the months and over the years they patch them out they fix it up um, and it becomes just a game that like everyone has to experience. So I exactly. do think it, it will come. Brandon, would you, for someone who hasn't bought it, would you say play it or would you say wait? Uh, realistically, if you're going to play it on PC and you're dying, you'll be fine. Like you're going to get some crashes on PS5 and, and Xbox Series X and PC. You're going to get some game crashes. But if you're dying to play it, then play it. You'll still have a good experience. But if you can wait, especially with all the games that are out right now, it is better to wait and treat this as it's coming out in February. And just play it once the patches are done and like it's more stable. Because it's going to be incredible. So if it's going to hamper you and bring you in with a negative attitude, don't do it. Because... You're just wasting one of the best games of the year and of the console generation by not not yeah. letting it get ready. Yeah. And that was and that was my, my thought on it as well. Is like, okay, look, I know it's going to be amazing. I know I'm gonna love this, so I might as well wait and experience it. And then the honestly, man, another part of it too was like I feel like I owe it to the other developers who did release finished games to play their product, right? Like it's, I don't think it's fair as a gamer to put oh, put aside everyone else's hard work to play a buggy game when all these other teams manage to release equally as amazing games, like playing Spider-Man, playing um, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, things like that. Like no bugs, no issues, just a great, great game. And I feel like they deserve my time and my attention over something like Cyberpunk until Cyberpunk gets its kind of shit together. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's really fair. And uh, like, I don't regret playing it at, at launch um, and beating it. But at the same time, now that I've beaten it, I can 100% say that when I actually blast through my back catalog, uh, like it didn't leave my back catalog. It's still in my stack of games to be played because I'm going to go back mm -hmm. and either I'm going to play that secret ending and then I'm going to probably start a, a completely new game and go start from the beginning how I want to play. Like now that I know how I want to yeah. play, I'm going to be like, you know what, actually yeah. this time I did this, I'm going to go back and do the shotgun katana build where <clears throat> basically there's enough stats where you, every time you kill someone, your damage goes up and your speed goes up. So you could literally just go, it's like, it's like modern warfare with the knifing where you're just sprinting yeah. around blinding speed with a knife, one-shotting people in just pure chaos and that's that's i might do something like that next 
It's amazing. Okay, yeah. Brandon, I have, I have one more question for you. Yes, let's do it. What was what was the craziest thing that you did in Night City? Because I know you can do some wild stuff. They have, what's it, what's it called? The brain dance or whatever it's called? Oh, when you yes. pretty much like jack into the matrix and you can have sex and like you actually feel it as like a character in the game type thing. Yeah. Um, so what was like, do you, what's like, is there one thing that just really sticks out to you that you haven't seen either in like a game before or in a movie even? Um, or in a book of just kind of like, wow, this is like, I can't believe they did this or I can't believe they went there. <laughs> yeah, no, so um, actually other enough, just because you mentioned the brain dances and then I'll, I'll say it, uh, the brain dances is actually really funny because you have to do a few of them throughout the game as the main story. And it's not what I was expecting. I literally was just thinking that brain dances were literally like in like cerebral lap dances. And I was just kind of gearing up for like, all right, this game is supposed to be horny as hell. Like, I'm ready for it. Let's see what you got. But it's not. It's actually like a like an Arkham Knight Batman level detective sequence where you're going through people's memories looking for clues hidden in like reflections of, of mirrors and like all this other shit. Like it's, that's cool. But uh, I will say the most standout craziest stuff funnest goofiest stuff in the game is there's something called the Delamin cab system and as you progress through the storyline eventually you get introduced to the main guy that runs this cab company and you have to track down his rogue cabs which sounds like something really trivial but the thing is that makes it so much fun is that every single cab that's renegade is an ai that is now not malfunctioning necessarily, but has ascended into its own consciousness. So you have to go and and recover them and say one of them's suicidal. Like there's one of them that you have you find him at a cliff and he's ready to jump over the edge and you have to do like a hostage situation like negotiation to get this car not to kill itself. And like then like like this like i don't want to ruin them but there's like every single one of these cars their personality and the story that happens with it is hilarious and just oh <clears throat> apart from that like nothing really crazy i was trying to beat every side mission i could in the game before the crashes so there could be stuff hidden in there that i just didn't find but the delaman cab thing that is awesome and it's a good way to get a free car uh yeah, that's the other thing I would say. Don't buy cars in the game if you can resist. Because they're a lot of money, and you can find some of the best cars in the game for free. Uh, including one that is the best car, fastest car, sickest car in the entire game that is free, but is like super duper hidden in the middle of the desert. And you have to do a bunch of shit to unlock it, just so that it shows up. But when you do, it's the best. Dope. All right, and last thing, Brandon, Unless, and please, if you have anything else that you'd like to add, throw it in now. But otherwise, what would you give it? Would you give it your score out of 10? What, what kind of what kind of rating system do we want to do, Brandon? With so our, this with is... our out of 10, what of, like, like, in general, I'm saying, what's the growing up gaming review system? So this is, that's a tough thing, because you have so many people that say either, like, buy, don't buy, or, like, 9.9 .9 out of 10 or like 4 out of 5 or like all this shit at the end of the day yeah, yeah, yeah I love a number system I don't know it's what I was raised on it's what I've grown up on it means a lot to me 
and I think the the point system also works well. Like IGN used to do a like a like a nine point something scale, like five point something scale. Yeah. <clears throat> and they got rid of it, which I thought was kind of bullshit because realistically, there's a big jump between a seven and an eight, an eight and a nine. But yeah, yeah, I, too too big, too big of a jump. Exactly, ten percent, ten percent is too big of a jump. So I feel like a one to a hundred type of scale is great. Excuse me, uh, in the form of a nine point something. So I've said it a lot, but nine point Cyberpunk to me is easily a nine point something. Uh, I would say this game would be close to a perfect 10 for me. Like it would would have been a 9.9 wow. 9 without all the crashes, the bugs. Yeah, if you took away if you took away all those bugs, if you took away all the bugs and all the crashes, what, what would you give it? Yeah, with no bugs, no crashes, I'd say it's probably 9.9. 9. Like it's this damn near perfection. Uh, it is damn. damn. It is one of the coolest universes, most unique universes that I've ever played. It's a game that if you just want to go in there and play GTA, you can. You can just go in there, do nothing but guns, like hell to all the RPG aspects, just roll around, cause havoc, and just do whatever you want. If you want a semi-racing game, there's a whole racing circuit inside Night City that you can do. You, If you want to be a hardcore RPG, you could just max out stats, customize builds, and like just nerd out over it like crazy. And there's as much lore as we as you're willing to swallow from what we talked about. So I think it's it's like it's a game for literally anybody that's over the age of like seventeen. <laughs> because <laughs> Yes, definitely <laughs> definitely not a game for kids. Yeah, you, sure. you get dong exposure in the opening scene. So like yeah, it's it's a it's a mature game. But yeah, hundred percent I would list it as a must play for anyone that likes this genre of games but you just got to play it on the right hardware or wait nice yeah. brandon i lied final question which size dong you pick oh 100 percent. gotta be uh, realistic one for the smallest one that they had <laughs> no uh, so obviously it's it was actually a little disappointing for the junk they only have two sizes i know i thought they it was have gonna be bigger and I know. big i know yeah, I was kind of like I was kind of like looking for like a lasso, you know, to like you couldn't wear shorts in the game because your dong was so big. Like the game just wouldn't let you or you'd have dong mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Like Red Dead Redemption had ball technology for temperature on horses. You're telling me that you can't have a yeah. like a dong like a dong sensitivity thing for for weather with shorts or not shorts, but whatever. It's not really no, a game that's breaker. What, that's what DL, that's what that's what DLC is for. Yeah, the D- right. the dong DLC, the double DLC. That's, let's let's see. That. No, that, that's um, <laughs> that's awesome though. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited to get back into it, and I'm I'm glad that we finally had a chance to actually talk about it. So, anything else before Same we way. we wrap up Cyberpunk? It was it was a it was a long one. So, yes, it was. There's and honestly, I could talk for hours about this game. Like, if especially if we got into a spoiler thing. Like, for some reason, if, if we hear back about anybody wants, like, a full spoiler cast, then, like, that could be something for the future, but... Yeah, we could always... Yeah, we I think I've said as much as I can. Cast in the future, for sure. Okay, how about this? When I beat the game, when... Brandon, when they patch it, when they patch it, yeah. let's... Uh, and, I, and I play through it, and you kind of do your second playthrough... We can yeah. we can run it back and we'll do like a side ep- a side thing outside of the, like the the normal pods and we'll we'll run a spoiler cast and just kind of 
go through it like go like in depth end to end story beats um side missions Perfect. all that type of stuff sounds good man yeah that would sounds be fun. like a good plan okay cool all right sweet so transitioning from there on this week's episode of nostalgia versus reality brandon we are going to talk about our favorite ball sack aka our favorite <laughs> alien uh, et the extra testicle monster <laughs> so, <laughs> the extra testicle indeed um so backstory a couple weeks ago brandon messaged me out of the blue and he's like yo for the next nostalgia vs. reality, what do you think about E.T.? So, right away, I was like, hey, you know what? I haven't watched E.T. in years. To be to be fully honest, I know I've watched it before. I've definitely watched it at least twice. Um, but I don't remember it all too much. So, I guess kicking into it, my nostalgia level of E.T. is quite low. I'm a baby of the 90s. Brandon is a baby of the 80s because he's old. But, um, Brandon, yeah. did you have any nostalgia? <laughs> did you have any nostalgia of E.T. yourself? Or, and also, oh. where did this kind of, where did this, this thought come come from? Uh, so, E.T. is just, it's one of those movies that is just revered through the ages. I think it's just like a, it's one of those movies that when you say it, everybody feels like they should be nostalgic about it. Even if they weren't in the age of actually being nostalgic for it and uh i don't know i just heard about heard it a lot recently so i just thought like you know what why not it's on amazon prime right now it's like i'd love to see it because i thought it was really cool as a kid i thought just the idea of an alien friend was just i don't know fantastic as a kid why not the dream so yeah it popped into my head and uh here we are all right, cool. So we both watched it. Um, let's go quickly through the backstory. So E.T., the extraterrestrial, is a 1982 American science fiction film, um, obviously produced and directed by Steven Spielberg himself. The GOAT, one of the greatest the filmmakers, cinematographers, just like Steven Spielberg is Steven Spielberg. Everyone knows him. And if you don't, then you have definitely watched some of his works. The It tells the story of Elliot, a boy who befriends an extraterrestrial uh, on Earth that is dubbed E.T. So E.T. was released in uh, June 11th of 1982 and was an immediate blockbuster. Brandon, guess how much the budget of E.T. was? Uh, You said 1985, right? For the year? 82. 82. 82. Then based on the sets, I'm going to guess blindly 90 million. Brandon, 10 million. 10 million? $5 million. 10 million? Jesus. I guess the let's yeah, go with inflation. Million, inflation. Inflation. <laughs> no, that's that's nineteen eighty two ten million, yo. No, that's um, what I mean. Inflation. Brandon, okay, better question. Yeah. Guess guess so ET ET was an automatic box office smash. Um it surpassed actually of the time it actually surpassed Star Wars as one of the highest grossing films. Um oh my God. I think Star Wars has come back and, and then taken its uh, its throne, but it actually beat out Jurassic Park, um, which also held that record as well. So no, oh, sorry. Yeah. Jurassic Park beat out E.T. Sorry, let me reverse that. Jurassic there Park was go. the, the next sounds, film that, that ended up beating better. out E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jurassic Park is also directed by Steven Spielberg, so the man just keeps topping himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back, Brandon, what do you think the box office bring-in of E.T. back in 1982 was? Box office. I'm going to go with $500 million. Seven hundred and ninety-two point nine million dollars, Baron. God damn, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you think they could lie? That's a lot of, well, yeah. a lot of freaking. What's the candy? What's the candy that he eats? That's a lot of Reese's bits. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, with his little penis hands, Jesus. <laughs> so Et has dicks e. for fingers. Ended up winning four. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Brandon. <laughs> E.T. ended up winning four Oscars at the 55th Annual Academy Awards. Um, so he won, or uh, E.T. won for Best Original Score, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound, and then Best Sound Editing. So did not win Movie of the Year, but still walking home with four awards for a movie that, well, budget is only $10.5 but just in general, the overall impact of this movie is something that still holds up to this day in 2021 and just anyone can watch it from young to old and i think there's something there for everyone 100 percent. it's a uh, yeah like you said it's influenced so many things like even a lot of people tie stranger things to et just because the whole group of kind of misfit kids all coming together for a supernatural ish cause different but yeah it's just it's it's awesome like yeah yeah absolutely i think i think et has has influenced a lot in terms of media for both like books um movies all that type of stuff i think a lot of a lot of different things pull from et um in some of the obviously iconic scenes there is elliot and et flying his bike there is um et dressed up as a girl which is still really funny i'm not gonna lie i did chuckle uh, when yeah. they open the door and he's all dressed up yeah. and he screams and yells and all that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then, the most beautiful um, walking E.T.'s penis you've ever of... seen. <laughs> <laughs> and E.T.'s love of Reese's Pieces. So, okay, Brendan, yeah. I know you went and we went back and you watched it with uh, Luther, your son. So mm-hmm. what did you think of it? What did you think of E.T. going back after all these years and rewatching it? So I think it definitely suffers from uh, or... It suffers for the transition to modern day ADD age, where it think is is a slower paced movie. It is not something where a lot happens, but it is stretched out over two hours. Uh, but cinematography, insane. Uh, the sets, the designs, the alien itself, the the aspects of the alien, uh, like the fact that he just made up this culture, and also. I'm just going to call it like it is. He's basically squished up testicles with a head. Like he's ET is 65 to 70% dick skin from top to bottom. But that little bastard outran all of those federal agents on foot through a forest when his feet are like four inches apart. And like, he doesn't have long legs. Like it's, it's insane at the very beginning of the movie. A foot chase and et comes out on top insane but uh i'll digress yeah the sets are amazing like the graphics still hold up even now with everything that we have uh it's still a heartwarming story it still hits a lot of cool kind of alien level telepathic communication and imprinting and you still could really deep dive on it if you want like the fact that E.T. psychologically connects himself to Elliot, the main character, where there's the famous scene of where E.T. is watching TV at home and Elliot is feeling what E.T. is feeling inside his classroom. Where like, as a kid, I always remembered E.T. crushing uh, like a Pepsi or a Coke, 
But then you see in the movie, the unedited ones, that it's a Coors Light or a Coors Banquet. And E.T. is just getting drunk in the living room. And then Elliot is literally like drunk in the classroom, which only in the 80s can you make a movie that's a kid's movie about a kid vicariously getting wasted, which is pretty funny. And then he makes a move on like the the sweetheart, like no consent, no no nothing, just goes in for it, which is not very 20, 2020 realistically, but really that's what it was, was like in the 80s. Uh, he's just... He made his move, he shot his shot, and he landed it, so whatever. Kudos to him. Uh, but as a whole, I think it's a little slow-paced, but it's really... It's still cool. It's definitely not going to live up to the nostalgia hype. Like, if you showed E.T. for the first time to somebody, like one of the new age like kids nowadays that are what, Generation Y or whatever they are, I don't know. Uh, if you showed a 19-year-old E.T. for the first time, they'd be bored. And they'd be on their phone half the movie. Because they'd be like, oh, well, the visuals, they're okay. But, like, they wouldn't care that it was from the 80s. And the story is kind of a little slow. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it quite... I don't think it quite holds up in the sense of a movie itself. But the fact that it was so well-designed, made, filmed and all of that that it it this movie could have come out this year in a lot of ways and it still would have been decent <laughs> i think that's pretty impressive yeah i do yeah i do agree with you on that i think also just because of the the practicality of et in terms of like the way that they made it and the way that they filmed it similar to jurassic park right like jurassic park was made in what 92 93 but because they used mm -hmm. actual like animatronics they didn't use like cgi nothing like that like when you go back and watch jurassic park you're like wow this is like still really cool um and and they did a great job with e with et himself as like et uh, like as a being in the movie um it doesn't look cheesy although he does look a little weird but like yeah i don't <laughs> like know you know i don't i don't know voice. if i i don't know if i agree yeah he does <laughs> actually fun <laughs> fact for you brandon um yeah et uh et's face was modeled after poet carl sandberg albert einstein and a pug dog those are the three like inspiration collage things that make up et's face in terms of like inspiration the pug seals it like yeah the pug, <laughs> the pug really definitely is. you can see it you can see the pug <laughs> um so i don't know you know i don't know i don't know if i agree with your sentiment of like a modern kid or person who hasn't seen who hasn't seen et would not like et i would actually be very curious to like show someone who's never heard of et to watch it and see what they say but i definitely do think that like if someone did come and say like oh yeah i didn't like it i wouldn't be shocked just just for that right especially because there is better iterations of that quote-unquote premise like i.e stranger things um like i think stranger things is a hell of a lot more interesting and more fun than et but but um yeah it was really cool i did enjoy watching it it was funny it was very like lighthearted and just like a good way to to spend an evening for sure mm -hmm. no definitely not bad and definitely like definitely enjoyed rewatching it and seeing it and especially when you get to older movies the acting like how far acting has come over the years is insane like some of the performances you get nowadays 
are mind-blowing like these people look like they're actually living that role and a lot of older movies you don't quite capture that but the fact that because it's a light-hearted kids movie as well the acting still holds up is is pretty good uh <clears throat> one thing though i did make <laughs> i did make a note of it that you could tell this is an 80s movie because right near the beginning uh when elliot basically hears uh, or sees et for the first time but not actually in person in the shed and they think it's coyotes and he comes inside all scared and tells his mom and his brothers him and his brother like his brothers are like 12 or 13 they all run to the kitchen grab butcher knives and run out to go fight this coyote thing not knowing what it is and i'm just thinking like yeah only in an 80s or an early 90s movie could you just make a bunch of kids grabbing butcher knives to go basically stab something into a kids movie and not have people complain which i thought was hilarious oh shit you know what i really or what i just learned brennan you know elliot like modern day older elliot he was in this season of the haunting of bly manor yeah he was the dab oddly uh, yeah i did not know that yeah i wouldn't have either but oddly enough uh my wife when we were watching it she looked at him it's like huh that uh that 10 year old looks really familiar and just like what the fuck like how does that happen and then she's like yeah yeah it's this guy and then we looked it up and yeah sure enough she scouted it which is pretty nuts but yeah no he was elliot was really good but i think i definitely have to give a big shout out to drew barrymore mm-hmm. i think drew barrymore um especially as like a child actress i think this was her first film that she was in and she was definitely like a big standout um standout for this movie i think she did a phenomenal job and like obviously she's very revered for this movie in terms of like everyone just loves um loves her in this but i thought she was just like so good oh yeah uh a movie that would not reach her more fame until she did wedding singer probably like 25 years later Mm -hmm. no she was in wayne's world too and that was probably fair enough yeah pretty good but yeah otherwise otherwise i would say i would say the wedding singer is probably her next big yeah um her next big like breakout role and and that's kind of the 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 drew barrymore that we know now but Mm -hmm. yeah for sure when you go back and and as soon as you see her you're like oh yeah like that's her she looks exactly the same exactly just like tiny yeah (laughs) super small (laughs) yeah so either way all right brandon let's wrap it up so what would you give et and any final notes on our ball sack buddy uh you know what i'd say if if they weren't gonna make the monster look like a giant testicle and have penises for fingers and they're gonna be like no no we didn't mean to then they shouldn't have put a 30 second crotch shot in the very beginning of the movie where they literally zoom in on the dick of a federal marshal and they just show his moose knuckle for about 30 seconds while he's running through the forest if that's how you start a movie and then you make a giant testicle monster and you tell me it's they're unrelated, I'm on to you. Like, no, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that shot I thought that shot was a little weird, too. Yeah. I messaged you about it and I was like, yo, <laughs> let me know if this, like, if you see what I'm talking about here. But it was way too long. Way too long of a shot, Mr. Spielberg. Exactly. <laughs> and also, what's the context? I get there's a badge and, like, keys, but, like... You can, I think they were showing the keys. I think it was the keys was the that was like yeah. the main thing that they were trying to get across. But I don't think they needed to like zoom in on the keys for that long. Yeah, the only thing that I'm getting with the key shot is the key to this movie is his dick. <laughs> like it's just it just doesn't make any sense. If you 
if you want to say like they're federal marshals or whatever, then while they're running from a wide angle shot, just get one of them to yell, stop federal marshals. It would make more sense, even though it's an alien and he's not going to because he doesn't know what the fuck you're saying. It would make more sense to the audience than showing a close-up shot of this guy's junk. Like, just... Yeah, but either way. So, uh, all junk and dick and balls aside, uh, as a movie... I would... It's tough, because the fact... The, the thing that it's been restored and it looks fantastic today... Like... For making a movie for longevity, a 10 out of 10, for sure. Like, insane for how good it looks and holds up today. Narrative and storytelling definitely drops it a bit. Uh, but then at the same time, the imagination aspect of the creativity of making this, this alien and its own little species and all the little nuances and subtext within that, I'd still average it out. I'd give it... I'm teetering between a seven and an eight, so I think I might go with a seven and a half. Yeah, that feel, I, I, that feels I'd give okay. it an eight. Seven and a half. Yeah, yeah I'd give it an eight, okay. and, and I, I do agree with your sentiment there. But um, honestly, I just feel like this movie, no matter like you said, no matter how old it gets, um, I think a there'll always be an audience for it. B, I do think that new people watching the movie for the first time will enjoy it, and I just think it's one of those movies that no matter what, you can always put it on. And you know that you're going to be at least entertained for two hours, right? Like it's always going to be, it's always going to be good. Yeah. So, and then if, and then that's not even factoring in how much it did for everything, right? It, how much it did for film as a medium, how much it did for, um, to influence other things in its, in its future. Like just, just if you factor in its impact on the world. Um, that's definitely got to be worth some points, but if we're only talking about the film, I'd give it an eight, but I do agree with you. If you factor in kind of the whole bundle, minus the fact that E.T. Um, did destroy the video game industry and almost, like, it did crash it and almost video games became, like, not what they were. Thank you, Nintendo, for saving us. But, um, <laughs> if you factor that, maybe that takes away some points, but besides that, we can, uh, I would still, I would agree with you. I'd give it a, a, a ten. A ten on just its overall impact. Mm-hmm. But one thing to always remember, Mike, that E.T. told us is that don't be sad because E.T. always lives here. <laughs> As he puts his penis <laughs> fingers on a child's face <laughs> at the end of the movie. That's, that's yeah. You're such a weirdo. Uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> We're never doing another episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. E.T.'s on a watch list so in New Mexico. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, I love that man, though. E.T.'s E.T. is awesome. If you haven't watched E.T., okay, how about this? For anyone listening, who, if you've never watched E.T., please watch it and, like, message in. Um, I'm going to actually include uh, a little feedback form that will be in the show notes, and you can go in and, and just, like rate some of the segments that we do this is something that we're going to kind of do ongoing um especially since we're going to be more of a segment-based show it's just a good way for us to kind of understand and learn what people like what segments people like what segments people maybe want us to change or tweak um and just for us to just get general feedback so if you have not seen et please watch it please message in um and please let us know what you guys thought about et because i know speaking for myself but i'm sure brandon you're with me i would love to hear other people's reviews on on our, our, on our good yeah. buddy 
uh, I'd love to hear a rest of you at a, or a review of one out of two testicles or two out of two testicle monsters reviews on is it the full sack, is it a half sack, or is it born without one? <laughs> oh, Brandon. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is it. That is episode four, Brandon. We did episode four. We took we took a little bit of a break, um, obviously just with Christmas and New Year's and things like that. But we are back now. We are going to get back into rhythm and kind of be releasing every Thursday. So you're, if you're listening to this, this this came out on Thursday. Um, and yeah, new episode every week. So please tune back in. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe. Um, if you are listening on Apple, please head over to the Apple Play or, or I think it's just the, the Apple Music and uh, and leave us a review. It really, really helps. And, and as we kind of like get our footing and as we kind of continue to build our fan base, um, this is something that will probably help us the most. So if you guys are listening to Apple, please uh, review, leave a comment. And if you're not, um, then please just like, follow, subscribe. So with that, Thank you for listening. It's been a good one. Next week, I promise there will be no more junk talk. Next week, we're going to do a deep dive on Blue Point Studio, the amazing, incredible studio behind the Demon Souls remake, as well as the Shadow of the Colossus remake, and just kind of diving into not just the games that that studio makes, but the studio itself. So it would be really cool. Um, and then I'm going to be giving my review on the Sony Pulse headphones, and we'll probably talk about Spider-Man and some some other cool shit. So yeah, please tune in next week. Um, and with that, that is all for me. Brandon, you want to you wanna take them out this week? Uh, I think, yeah, just letting forward to next week. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk about, I finished Bug Snacks over the, uh, over the break. So we'll hopefully get into a little bit of that. I will have beaten Demon Souls by next week, as I only have one or two bosses left at this point. And uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a big fan of Demon Souls in the past, like I was in every Soulsborne that's come out since then, and you want to hear more, I, yeah, I've been playing through it, and I took a different build than I normally do, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, also, I think we might, I might try and work in a Brandon's Random Review. Uh, there's been actually some music and movie, or a book, sorry, that came out that I've actually managed to get through that I'd like to, to touch on and just mix things up a little bit. What book? What book? What book, Brandon? So, uh, <clears throat> it's called... Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so I've actually, I'm a long-standing fan of the Warded Man series. Uh, those of you that haven't heard of it, I'll I'll go more into it next week on my review. But it is pure fantasy magic goodness, and not a cheesy way. It is very fresh, very well revered in its circles, and I'm actually currently reading the third book in the series. So I'll be doing a little bit more of a review on the. Uh, the first and second the second being the one i just finished recently and yeah just try and share some of that and also for the music wise i would like to at least touch on the 20th anniversary that came out of the deftones white pony album talked about as the gray pony version because it's a split album where they actually remake a remix by dj form the original and uh, i think it's just really cool so things to look forward to a little, little mix that. and match yeah i'm yeah you know just yeah let's do it i i'll listen to that album too deftones is not deftones you know what brandon deftones is the type is, is one of those bands that i've always I, I want to listen to you see the shirts around and like it's one of those bands that you know is like very popular yeah. whether it be like you know those like it's one, like the band shirts that people wear but they probably never listen to like the ramones um <laughs> so it's like i i'll give that that album a listen 
and and I'm I'm definitely down to kind of let, let's chat let's okay. chat some music yeah so yeah. I think I think that would be it would be pretty that's good. what I think just after a full episode because cyberpunk obviously a massive game ten years of anticipation almost took up most of this episode I think it'd be nice to get some uh, some extra mediums in there and you know so yeah. Let's do it. All right. All right. And with that, that was episode four. Um, everyone, have a very happy and safe 2021. We are excited to kind of ramp this up throughout the year. And we thank all of you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us thus far um, and your continued support of this crazy, wild, stupid show. So with that, I say thank you. And again, happy 2021 um, to you and your families. And that's it. All right. Yep. Everybody stay safe and we'll see you next week. And thanks for stopping by.